0: Jason,
1: You're listening to the Sports Adjacent.
0: Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent.
1: With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network.
2: We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent.
1: Did you guys regret not investing in Zoom like
2: as the pandemic was happening? Uh, I mean, I guess in hindsight, maybe.
0: How are you second guessing that even tone like tone, do you do you
1: regret not investing in Starbucks? Like back in the 80s zooms, particularly for me, because I knew it was going to happen. I knew that was the future of podcasting. And, you know, it's not like, you know, I have a lot of investment knowledge and I know who to call when I'm ready to make an investment. Um. You no, know, again, it's all on me, right? Do your research, but uh, yeah, that was one I was like, I saw coming and I was like, you know, could have been a, at least a pretty well-off man if I had the balls to go, go get it.
0: But you didn't know it was going to be Zoom. You didn't know that. I'd never, never heard of Zoom before we started doing that. I, I wouldn't, I would have guessed YouTube or... Even Apple with FaceTime would have—I wouldn't have known to invest in Zoom specifically. And then suddenly it was like everything has to be on video calls, and Zoom is the only thing we know of. We're not—we haven't even heard of anything else other than Zoom. We're not even on Zoom right now. We use Streamyard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Zoom was the was—it was the big moneymaker. It's become the Kleenex of you know, it, video it, conferencing it has. and podcasting. I just, refer
0: to this all the time as a Zoom call, even though we're not on Zoom. We're on Stream
2: Streamyard we use streamyard zoom but for a while and tony you remember this like mm-hmm. zoom was the only one that was reliable cuz yeah. we, we would try to like do calls on i don't know what like what was <laughs> the other ones
0: you don't even yeah. remember the other ones yeah, yeah. Like, webex. like webex i want to say like one was like yeah. webex or
2: something and i'm like Google this Me. is stupid it's not working can we just go back to zoom please yeah. <laughs> it's easy
0: and it works i do hate anytime someone has a video conference Anytime we have anything where it's not on Zoom, it's like, okay, so I have to download something. I have to download a Microsoft get together or whatever, and I gotta start an account. I gotta do all these steps. Yeah.
1: Did when the teams like did were teams like right away with that transition, or did it take them a while to figure out like how to do this?
2: Like sports teams?
1: Yeah, sports teams. Oh, PR departments? Yeah.
2: Yes, we did. We went through that with the Bears, Jason. You remember that they were using, um, they were using something like WebEx for a while. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that I, I don't remember that, but I believe that I believe you, Hogue, that the Bears would have used whatever was cheapest.
2: <laughs> that draft, <laughs> the 2020 draft, they were still trying to do conference calls, and it was like, oh, it was like, dude, can we just turn on Zoom? This will take two seconds, and the the draft pick can do it from you know, wherever the hell he is on his deck or pool or wherever he's celebrating. And why why are we trying to all dial into a conference call where it doesn't work?
1: Yo, that wasn't that long ago. That's funny. It seems so ancient now. But I remember specifically working in radio, you had to. All right, they're going to do this conference call. You got to record it. You got to dial this number. Do, 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 do. Here you go. Hey, I'm blah, blah, blah from blah, blah, blah. Okay, put you on hold like it sounds so ancient now.
2: COVID sucked, but it helped a lot of things too. Oh, it pushed a lot. It of
0: accelerated things. a lot of things that needed it, like yeah. Yeah. all of the food ordering stuff, a lot of app-based mm-hmm. technology-driven things that we were ticketless uh, entry to games and stuff like that. We, mm-hmm. we, it was well overdue, and it just kind of sped it all up. Hoag, I remember the, I remember being very surprised to learn from Russ because Russ was covering the Cubs at the time. That the Cubs Zoom calls were just open. There was no, you're on mute until you get called on. And on the Bears beat, I feel like we are pretty civil. This is, it's competitive, but it's not nasty. I don't think it's really nasty between hardly anybody on the Bears beat, but it did seem like we probably needed what they were doing where we're all on mute until we get called on. I hated that. But uh, maybe I'm the reason why we needed to do that because I hated it so much because I wasn't able to ask six questions every Matt Nagy Zoom call.
2: Well, the downside to it was like when we're in that press conference room, there's like almost an art to it where even though we're competing with each other, we kind of know sort of. Almost like the cadence and the timing of when someone might follow up to something, and you might even glance over the room and be like, "Oh, Jason just asked that last question. Does he follow up?" And I can kind of read your face to know if you do. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 even if I start trying to jump in, if you start asking your follow up, I'm going to let you have the follow up on the same topic. Where like it was Zoom the way that was, where we were all just muted and you had to put the little emoji to raise your hand. Like there was no way to ask a follow up. And I felt like sometimes there was definitely some questions that just went unanswered because of that. It was bad because
0: you'd be waiting your turn to ask what's going on with the backup right guard or something. And then the person right before you would ask a good question that you did, that there was not a clear answer to, and they don't get the chance to follow up. So you either move on to your question about, uh, you know, Sam Mustafer or you or you bail on that and ask the necessary follow up that everyone is going to need to know.
1: Right, that was a terrible system. Yeah, teams loved it. They they loved it they though. loved the control, <laughs> and, but not
0: everybody was doing that. Tone the Cubs were just yeah. doing a free for all and just kind of expected that their reporters could navigate that.
1: I'm I'm a uh, I'm glad you mentioned that it's like an art because I I, I don't think fa- the average person, average fans, when they complain about you know what the media isn't or is not doing is or is not doing, um, that it is an art to it that you guys are working together to get the complete story that you all need. Uh and if you are combating somebody, you just to get your question in or whatever the case may be, that it doesn't help the entirety of the group if the environment is like that. And I think at least I I know all the beats here for all the teams. For me, I think the best beat is that bears beat and you guys, because you guys are all really aggressive and know what to ask, but you also help each other in getting to where you need to go. Like it was beautiful that you guys let Jason cook for like two days straight. And you guys all recognized what was happening and what was going on. And you just let Jason cook and you guys don't work with jason you guys aren't you know uh you guys are all friends obviously or you know at least you know cordial with with jason but you guys recognize those moments in those two days and you let him cook and i feel like each beat guy or gal has that opportunity that you guys allow so you guys can get the best story and i thought that was just super dope with jason uh this year being that example
2: yeah, for sure. And I'm in a weird spot now because I'm not in there. Jason and I, I talk about this a lot. I'm not in there as much as I used to be. And uh and so I'm reliant more, you know, on the guys that are there every single day to yeah, and a lot of times I'm listening to these press conferences, you know, from our studio or from my car a lot of times when I'm commuting. Um so yeah, no, I I, I have a lot of respect. I think part of I think what part of it helps us on the Bears bean is because there's certainly examples on each beat in town of guys that have been there and you know, doing it for a long time, but I feel like there's more turnover on other beats. Whereas like when you kind of get to the bears beat, that's sort of where you want to be. So the, you, the main, I don't know, whatever the number is, seven to 10 people that have, it's like, we've all been there for a long time. So you have a level of respect. And um, even if you're competing against each other, you sort of like, getting back to what I was talking about earlier, you sort of know what, Questions might be asked by someone versus someone else. And it's, some of it's like even hard to explain. It's just sort of how it all unfolds.
0: One of the difficult parts of it is how little time you get. Mm. It used to be different, but now you get the head coach three days a week leading up to the game. And it's going to be maybe 10 minutes total at each time. So you have to prioritize. You might need a question for a story that you are working on because you're not gonna get a chance to ask it tomorrow or you're not gonna get a chance to ask it, you know, Saturday or anything like that. You have to work ahead. But you also, sometimes there is a line of questioning that needs to be pursued and you either need to let somebody else go if they're really on it, if they've got it, or if the if it gets kinda, you know, if they kinda wiggle out of it or the questions aren't asked directly enough or whatever happens, then someone else needs to jump in and nail that down. Uh, I mean, some of it is I I really hate that it's like this, and I don't feel like it's been this my whole career. Oh, certainly, it wasn't like this when I covered the NBA, but I hate that it turns into court. It turns into having to treat it like somebody's on the stand, and I am going to have to pin you down on on an answer, one way or another. I'm I have to box you into a point where you have to give a definitive answer on something. I have to make sure I phrase my question in a way that doesn't give you any out. And if you still force an out on that, I'm coming right back with the same question. Like I hate that, but it becomes necessary.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and you're pretty. I mean, you're you're pretty good at doing that when it is necessary. I did Um, mock trial in high school. Okay, (laughs) yeah, that that explains it. I think. I I went to school to do law, but I was like, this is more fun. One of my favorite things. This happens a lot in training camp because. Man, training camp used to be awesome. Like back in the earlier Bourbon A days when really pre-John Fox, anytime before John Fox, um <laughs> you could you could get access to anyone anytime. Like okay. you just you could see somebody walking down the sidewalk on the campus at ONU and talk to them and no one would yell at you for it. Um and then you could grab anybody you wanted off the off the field too when practice was over which was great because like especially if there's just sometimes you just have one question like literally hey what happened on that one play that I just saw you know
0: yeah we don't need to file paperwork over this we don't need an email request yes, over this
2: right it's just and and you might not even print it you might just need clarity on something you saw Yeah, and, and like instead of having to get three PR people involved hey do you mind just asking <laughs> you know the wide receivers coach since we right. don't have access to them until next month Uh, you know What happened on this thing? You know, whatever it is, and so that was great. But now it's the exact opposite, where we don't even have locker room. You don't have like, you're. what They give us like three guys a day, essentially during camp, and they all come to the podium, and that's basically what's. You could still request one-on-ones and stuff like that. But um, where I'm going with this is, there's sometimes where you could tell where one of us is working on a like a bigger story, and like you might just ask about like the third string, you know, I don't know, number three wide receiver. Mm -hmm. might ask the same like random question about this one player for like three straight weeks to different people and everybody Mm -hmm. in the room has now picked up on like oh that guy's working on this story right and like can't wait to read whatever that (laughs) whatever (laughs) that is
0: it's all about control and that's bad for the customer that's bad for the people that are interested in the team because there's nothing that you're getting from a team website or a team run Um, content department that is as good as insightful and clear and straightforward with you as what you're getting from writing from the journal, the writers, the podcasters, the guys that do uh, the, the TV people, like you're getting it very filtered, very packaged, very careful from the team. And they're trying to control as much as possible to keep you from just putting out whatever you get, which is which really would be ideal for their customers. Yeah, they're trying to really control what is getting out. And Zoom
2: helped with that. That was perfect. I don't know. And I mean, I haven't worked enough on the PR side really at all. So I have no idea. And some will probably listen to this and maybe laugh at it. But I feel like it's all in the attempt to, like, avoid crisis mode. But, I, but in the meantime, I feel How's like it,
0: going for the Bears.
2: But I feel like it ends up creating more work on a day to day basis. Yeah. Then if you just like kind of let things be more. And yeah, every once in a while you might have a, you know, Justin Fields questions the coaching staff moment where, oh, yeah, you know, we got to figure this out. And then they ended up actually making it worse. Um, that's I don't
1: right. know. They fired
2: him. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was Take the coaching. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That that moment still popped. That was a perfect example of a day where I wasn't there. And like I was listening to Justin live. I was driving down in the, okay, back when uh, a few months ago when the lanes were all closed on the Kennedy. It was a nightmare every single day. Mm-hmm. So I'm stuck in traffic on the Kennedy and I'm listening to Justin's press conference live. And these are the things you can't do in the in the press conference room. Um, but even as an objective reporter, there's sometimes moments where you want to be like, yes, thank you for saying that. And that was one of those moments. Like I, he, he, he said, well, it could be the coaching. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> thank you for saying it out loud. And cause I'm in my car by myself. Mm-hmm. I can like actually yell this out to myself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, two hours later, I think it was while we were doing the show live. Yep. And I'm starting to see these tweets from like people like Jason who are there, like, Oh, Justin just called us all to his locker to, you know, basically clarify what he said. I'm like, no.
0: You guys twisted my words when I said the problem could be coaching. And then you wrote that. I said the problem could be coaching. (laughs) That's what the media does right there. (laughs) Clickbait. Uh, Hogue, how how often do you get? uh, I know that you are. I actually don't know if you like this or not, but I know that you often get likened to jeff goldblum the actor you know i'm talking about <laughs> tone from jurassic park yeah. dude this people is funny. tell you that you look like him do you get how often do you actually get that and do you like that
2: this is so weird you're saying that because i don't feel like i've had anybody say that to me in a long time they used to tell me that in high school people actually <laughs> were like i at some point i had a nickname like jeff goldblum in high school it's St. Ignatius. And like, I haven't heard anyone say that to me in a long time. So apparently, you guys are just saying this all behind my back, which is fine. But <laughs> but that's interesting. So apparently, that's been a, maybe it. Maybe it's got to be true if it goes back to high school, if that many different people see that.
0: Well, you have the glasses, you have the hair. Yeah. I don't what feel is like you're a good looking guy. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's
2: not an insult. I love, I mean, well, I always love the. Jeff Goldblum, Celebrity Jeopardy on SNL, <laughs> right? Yeah, thing. So I'm was, cool with that. It. it. was funny. I only connect
1: him with like Jurassic Park and Independence Day, and that's literally probably the only things I've ever seen him in.
2: Yeah, well, he was in.
1: Oh, he was which, in a Marvel. Yeah,
2: I was, gonna, was gonna say right? which Marvel yeah. movie was that?
1: or was that everybody's
2: in a Marvel movie?
1: Or was that a? No, no, he was. He wasn't a Marvel movie.
2: I'm confused yeah, because Benef- one of the ones that Benef- Hulk, Benef- Hulk was, was in. Del Toro or something like that. Three, know. There's comments. too many of those damn movies. I can't keep up.
0: Yeah. I, when I thought about you coming on the show today, I thought about the Jeff Goldblum thing, and I was wondering, Tone, if you if you ever get told you look like somebody, but I I was saying, Lawrence just did this uh, I think last week when I went on his show or maybe the week before said I, the one I get a lot is Jason Statham, which I don't think is correct. Ooh, and yeah, no, I see it. A, this is not a humble brag to be like. I probably look like jason Statham, you know at least i don't look like jeff goldblum the, the nerdy scientist from every movie you've ever seen but i think it's just because my name is jason and i have a shaved head i think that's nah, it.
1: it it's it's the beard and the bald head it's the shape of the head too right like it's not just okay. you having the bald yeah. head it's also the skull shape that makes you look like him too
0: okay so uh that's a very flattering one for me but and I also feel like it's something I could never live up to like if if I was single and Lawrence was setting me up with someone he'd be like you know he kind of looks like yeah looks like Jason Statham that woman is gonna be extremely disappointed
1: uh, Jason Jason Statham white maybe that light be.
2: yeah okay yeah. all right I mean um, at least from the neck up I get it yeah
0: yeah it's yeah from the neck down <laughs> is gonna be the disappointment <laughs> yes
1: uh I know what I said. Rick Camp uh, said, I "Look like Jacoby Brissett." You do kind of look like oh. Jaco- I know, and you do look
2: like him a little bit.
1: That's so true. Yeah. Like, okay, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Once so,
2: once committed to my Wisconsin Badgers, and then changed his mind and went to Florida. It's probably a smart move, but
0: it was crazy when he did that. By the way, I, I know that everyone tunes into this for Jacoby Brissett talk, right? But they—he was like the number five quarterback in the country uh, as a prospect, and Florida had already signed had him on campus, the number one quarterback, and Brissett came in. He said, I'm going anyway, and competed against the guy and was better. And they they ended up playing – the number the number one quarterback that year that they had brought in was Jeff Driscoll, who has bounced around – not bounced around as successfully as Jacoby Brissett, because Jacoby Brissett has had some starting jobs and gotten paid, and Jacoby Brissett will still be in the league next year, I'm sure. Um, but they were – Florida was so bad on the offensive line that year that they need they Brissett is like a classic quarterback and Driscoll was like a running quarterback and they needed someone that could run for their life, even though they had evaluated Brissett as better. And Brissett has proven to be better in both his college and pro career. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett is one of my favorite athletes I've covered. I covered him when he was a high school player. He was a he was a LeBron James type basketball player in terms of his skill set, in addition to being a D one quarterback. He was an awesome uh, player to watch in high school and college. How long were you in Florida again? My adult life until 2018. Okay. Yeah, so like 12 or 13 years, something That's like that. a long that. time. Yeah. yeah. I covered the Dolphins. I covered the Dolphins right away. I got very fortunate to start as an intern in a week where there was all this uh, tumult at the paper. And Jeff Darlington, who you see on ESPN right now, was their Dolphins beat writer and left in the middle of a training camp for another job. And they were kind of stuck. They didn't know what to do. And so they're like, why don't you just jump in and help with this today and we'll figure it out. And then it became the next day. Why don't you just do this, do this for the rest of the week. We'll figure something out. And then it just became, just do this for your internship. Just, you just cover the Dolphins for your internship. This was back in 06 when Nick Saban was the coach. This was the last year of Nick Saban when he left. And it ended up being this thing at the end where he left to go to Alabama and they sent me to go to Alabama. So I was there for his press conference and three of us that had come there from South Florida had were asked to like not ask any questions in the press conference, please. And then I'll answer all your questions in my office afterward, which he did to his.
2: Oh, that's actually cool. Okay,
0: yeah. And then. From there, then we got to the end of the season, and then there was time for the paper to reset and get a professional in there instead of an intern. So I had to start back at the bottom. I had to start back covering high schools. But, man, if you're going to cover high schools, if you're going to cover high school football, it's like South Florida, Texas, California. Those are great places to do it, not only because those are great players coming out, but because people are super into it there. High school football is a big deal in South Florida, the way that it's covered and the way that it's followed by people. And then my first big break was covering Florida. And I went from covering Florida football and basketball to the Miami Heat to the Dolphins to the Bears.
2: Do they have like real press boxes in those high school stadiums? I don't mean like obviously not. Some of
0: them do. Some of them are still kind of, you know, older, more modest facilities. It's not like Texas. It's not like that. But the quality of players is incredible I
2: mean it's kind of wild here because and it took me like a season or two to even realize this but like the reporters just sort of stand on your sideline like like almost in the middle of the team and I'm like I couldn't do that because I had to keep stats you had to be able to keep
0: stats of the games you covered you had to file a box score and there's no way I could have done that from the sideline
2: yeah it's just kind of I'm like it, it took me I'm like who's that guy over there and then I realized oh he's got like a recorder and a notebook in his hand. Like that's, that's guy covering the game. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> I'm glad we're, we're having, uh, this, this conversation about the, you know, the business, you know, behind the scenes. Cause I did want it to, I don't know if Jay Z wants to start the show, but, uh, I definitely had the questions about the, the young woman, um, that asks, uh, the question to the Tampa Bay coach oh, about, yeah. uh, the atmosphere weather-wise that they're going to have to face in Detroit. Okay. I haven't heard this. Let's start our show and then we'll come back to this. Okay. Okay. Is there a
0: clip you can play for me of this? Okay. Why don't you find that while I start the show? Okay. Uh Welcome to Sports Jason. I'm Jason Leisure. Uh, In for Russ Dorsey today, we have Adam Hogue from CHGO, from the Hogan Johns podcast. Formerly of NBC Sports Chicago, formerly of WGN, formerly of the University of Wisconsin, Jeff Goldblum lookalike. What else am I missing here, Hogue? Oh, a special teams coach for Carmel?
2: Carmel for Catholic, yes.
0: High school here in the Chicago area. Uh, I, in fact, during press conferences this year, the special teams coordinator of the Bears, Richard Hightower, would address Adam Hogue respectfully as coach. Yeah. when He talks to him, which I'm not making fun of. I That's cool. That's cool. You got
2: me. a kick out of that, though, more than most did, I think.
0: I, but I, but I respected it. I was not okay. mocking it.
2: It's okay if you were too. <laughs> I wasn't. I and mean, it's a little great- weird to have an NFL coach call you coach. I appreciate it. Yeah, but I, you I, coach. I, I mean, feel like coach. it's a level of respect. You, you yeah, you coach that's high kinda, school players. You do that as you do that full time. It's a very coachy thing to do. Coaches call
0: other coaches coach. That's just what you do. I don't like it. I don't like calling anybody coach like it's like they're a judge or a doctor or the president. That seems, you know, calling someone, addressing someone as coach seems a little much to me. But that's the culture. That's how it works. And it's cool that he, you know, acknowledges what you're doing. I appreciate it. You do it it. full time. It's not your full time job, but you're there every practice. You coach as much as the other coaches do. It's awesome.
2: man. It feels full time
0: during the season. That's for sure. (laughs) And we have the littest producer in the game, Tony Gill. Yep. That's it? Okay. Tony's trying to make the show go really fast today, so that's all he's going to Tony do. and I used to work together, though. This that is was awesome. my, One of my yes. questions was if yeah. you guys
2: had worked together and what your Tony Gill experience was, Adam. Uh, well, Tony was one of the many people I worked with for about two years and never saw in person. I think yeah. like a single time. Yep. Yeah um because my entire time at nbc sports chicago was basic and literally the week the world shut down was my first week i was in the office on that monday to like get my badge and the place was humming and it's never been that way ever again since like since that day Mm -hmm. um and then i didn't all these people that i met one day were just people on the internet for the next two years until eventually I took another job. That was like that was wild. Um, But yeah, Tony was. You didn't have a cubicle to clean out at the end of that. No, no. But Tony and I did a ton during those two years because it was you know all the podcasts, all the I don't know. We did a lot of shows that were all over over Zoom, and uh, it was it was still a lot of fun. Yeah, people describe their
0: tony gill experience as fun but also weird <laughs> which i would say
1: that's if why we we, if we would have met more in person he definitely would have got the weird yeah you know it's just the pandemic kind of had everybody get away from the weird
2: but we did bond over mike mcdaniel which is yes the most important thing yeah style's the
1: most mm-hmm.
0: important we we talked about that on our show last week because i have this fascination and adoration of Mike McDaniel and Tony was saying that's who he wanted the Bears to hire, which by the way, will the Bears will never hire somebody like him. Yeah, no. They will never uh, ever hire a coach that has that personality and wears capri pants and fancy sneakers and like <laughs> that is never happening. That will never be the coach of the Chicago Bears tone ever.
2: See, my wife is slowly she's accusing me of slowly turning into Mike McDaniel because she knows how much I like him. And like, <laughs> now I got the joggers too. And
1: oh they like, look so comfy
2: and I'm not Damn. doing it on purpose, but she's just like, she's like, you do realize what's happening here. And she sees me watching hard knocks. I heard you guys talking about that too. And I'm mm-hmm. watching hard knocks and I'm, and I'm hanging on every team meeting and, and that they, they've shown a lot of these team meetings that he runs. I'm at, and then by the end of the season, I'm starting to feel bad for him because you could tell like, how many times can you give the adversity speech after, you know, that many losses in december um so you start to feel for him a little bit but hey spoiler alert man i haven't seen that far yeah they lost some games i don't know if you heard (laughs) (laughs) you know that's like his like
1: that when he went viral for like taking actual accountability right for you know messing up like where you don't see that at all like of course you don't want to be doing that like all the time and every week because then people start losing trust in you but just to do it when it's obvious so th- there's no, like, overtones of, like, I don't know if this guy knows what he's doing. He's like, no, I messed up. That was me. And just to be honest with his team, I think that gained him so much trust, like, with his players and with their fan base that, okay, we can trust him and his decision-making going forward because he's willing to admit when he messed up because nobody's perfect. And I find that trait hard in a coach. But even before that, just – he was just a genius at what he did and while he was in – uh while he's in the bay so um yeah me and adam we really bonded over over that even though we knew it was never gonna happen it will never happen here that was that is never the kind of coach
0: that they would hire tone sorry buddy
2: i'm not gonna lie though it's it kind of did start at least for me it started a little bit of as a a bit because like he would have these like press conference clips go viral when he was, Mm -hmm. and and I was like, man, this guy's awesome. And then I would watch more Mm -hmm. of it and I'm like, okay, I love this guy. And I was just more like funny, Mm -hmm. but then like you saw what he was actually doing schematically. And it was like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I I don't know. I kind of, I think this guy's actually a really good coach. (laughs) And, and then there was also the selfishness of it of like, dude, it would be so fun to cover this guy if he came to Chicago and was, was the head coach. Like we, it would be, it would be, like just good for business too. Um, yeah. And then, you know, but the reality of, yeah, the fact that well, obviously they didn't even interview him. So. Oh gosh, no,
0: no. They interviewed Brian Flores, <laughs> Yeah, that, which I thought they were going to hire Brian Flores. I'm like, this guy is exactly what they want. Uh-huh. He's like, he's mean, he's serious. He doesn't like the media. This is, this is the bear. defensive minded. Yeah. This is the Bears this is right in the Bears wheelhouse to to hire Brian Flores.
2: They might have if there wasn't all that other stuff going around with him at that time. It was know.
0: complicated. Yeah. yeah. It was complicated. He'll be a head coach again, I think. I think somebody he's too good. He's too good at what he does. Somebody's going to want him. Uh Tony Gill is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to our link sheetsgiggles.com/sa. Oh, you should write that down, man. You need to get some good bed sheets. 100% eucalyptus, silky smooth. Oh, I have them on my bed. I have I have the regular ones, the sheet set and the flannel boys, which is like a eucalyptus cotton hybrid, but the sheet set's incredible and right now you can go to sheetsgiggles.com/sa and get 24% off for their 2024 New Year sale. Be. Yes, to. Hold t-
2: oh, hold up. What what is eucalyptus this cotton?
0: Ooh. Well, okay. So the sheet is 100% eucalyptus. It's eucalyptus fibers. I don't know all the science on this. Can you like smell it? Because I love. No.
1: Okay. No, but you could buy some. You could buy some minty spray or something. it. Unscented, but very breathable. Like Mm -hmm. it keeps the cold parts cold and the warm parts warm. So, but the flannel boys, especially now, because it's like below freezing, the flannel boys be coming in clutch. Like it, ge- it keeps you warm enough, but never
0: yeah. overheats. That's a eucalyptus intriguing. cotton hybrid. And they're very soft,
2: extremely soft and i needed that earlier this week we were having some furnace issues here they're all fixed oh. now but that was you bad. had
0: furnace issues when it was negative it, so, it's been
2: I don't, I don't we have
0: people that listen from all over the country but just so you guys know outside of chicago it's been negative here for several days you had a problem with your furnace when it was negative hope
2: yeah now not to the point that it wasn't working but it was struggling to keep up and it was a brand new furnace we had installed in the summer so this was like mm. the first time it's Getting really cold weather. And apparently, they installed it with like the wrong wiring or something. So, whatever's supposed Ooh. to kick in extra when it gets that crazy wasn't. So, like, instead of it being 70 or whatever in the house, I don't know what you guys set your thermostats to. I don't want to start any wars over here.
1: 65. Because, wow.
2: See? 73. Yeah, I'm with you, Tony. I'm more of a, like, we're probably at 71 right now. But the problem was, is it was getting down to like 64. Mm. Oh and see, we'd be
0: fine. See 65 in my house, Hogue, is a compromise between what I want and what my wife wants.
1: That's wild to me. Yeah, in the winter? Yeah, sure.
2: yeah, but you know what? I almost think that's worse. I think it's worse in the summer when because pe- Jason, you probably keep it at like what in the summer.
0: I like it real cold in the summer yeah, too.
2: I hate that. Cause like at least in the winter, you're like wearing hoodies and sweatpants. In the mm. summer, like one of my biggest pet peeves. Is when you're out on a hot day and you go inside somewhere to like eat dinner and you're freezing cold because you're just in shorts and a T-shirt and they got the A.C. set at like 62.
1: How do you keep the food warm, Jason? Like once it's out on a plate and stuff like, oh, I got to go take a dump or, you know, I'm going to come back. And it's like you, you come back and your food is frigid. I I make my food
0: and then eat it.
1: <laughs> but, but anything can happen. I don't,
0: I don't, I don't just know. like leave it and go do
1: laundry and then be like, ah, all right, now I'm ready to eat that food I made. But it's a good chance. And like the food won't hold well because it's just 50 degrees in your house. So I just make it and serve it and then eat it. I do a lot of cooking
0: in my house during the off season. My wife does a lot of the day to day, get us through a Tuesday night kind of cooking. And then I like to actually make stuff. I, I'm really into it, I really enjoy it and everything. And one of my pet peeves is when I go to all this work to make, you know, spaghetti from scratch, make the sauce, I'm, I, a risotto, something I've been over, over the stove on for hours, and then I serve it up hot, and then everyone's like, "Oh, I got seven things to do before dinner." Mm. I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't think I'm waiting. I want to eat this food while it's hot. You can go whatever you forgot to do, but I'm eating this food.
2: No, that is that is a that's disrespectful to when someone. When someone goes through the trouble of like making a good meal and you basically don't come the second they're like it's ready, that's that's disrespectful. Thank you. Yeah, it is. Unless well, you you're in the bathroom, you know. Then well, um, okay, Tom. Maybe you get it's like just, a. It's, it's so often it's about that with you. You get a three minute grace period. That's it.
1: From yeah, from as a soon guy I that, getting cold
2: in three minutes, Tom.
1: Right. From a guy that has developed a lactose situation, it could get real. Quick. Tone, Tone will not admit to, much like me, will not admit
0: to being lactose intolerant. That's Never. why he calls it a lactose situation. That mm-hmm. gives him a way Never. to still deny being ice lactose cream intolerant. Every
1: day for your yeah.
0: boy. I eat ice cream every day, too, uh, if I can. And then I'm uh, I'm sick the next morning. But that's sure. not lactose intolerance. That's, uh, as you say, a lactose situation. So not yeah. not. So that's
2: I mean, true. that seems like something you either have or don't. There's no, like, in between, but... I, I, I'll, I'm cool with the big call, the situation.
0: Sports Jason is also brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app and get our offer. Your first bet gets paid back in free future betting credits up to $1,500 if you don't win. You got the NFL playoffs this weekend you can bet on. You got NBA, NHL. Use our promo code adjacent1000 to get that offer. They'll pay you back up to $1,500 in free future betting credits if you don't win. Adjacent one thousand. Use that at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Tone. What was the question that you were uh, wanting to discuss about?
1: Was it Todd Bowles? Yes. The question with the Buccaneers. So yes. So I, I, instead of explaining it, it kind of explains itself. The clip. So I'm just gonna play it over my phone here. Is
0: the idea? Is the idea like that? The uh, Southern teams, the Florida teams, can't win. In the cold uh, going north in January? Is that kind of the premise for this question?
1: Yeah, it was, you know, like the Dolphins, the the Bucks can never win in Philly and Green Bay and places like that. Considering what's happening recently, like with the Bills and how cold it was for the Dolphins when they played the Chiefs, like the Southern teams are going to have to go up and play in these inclement climates that they don't normally see. And here is how the question was framed it was very well thought out, very well laid out. Uh, to head coach of the Tampa. Well, I don't football. think
0: it was very well thought out. I don't think it was very well thought
1: out if Detroit's playing at home. It was it wasn't a quick question, so you know, here we go. Coach, you, you, uh, looking forward towards uh, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures <coughs> we've been talking to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure
2: but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in
0: Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And in they got a dome. I don't. Um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. This to be a rough 20 seconds, though. Ah. Yeah, When you go to games at Detroit and the media parking is probably a 10-minute walk through downtown, it's cold. That's a cold walk. It affects you. you got to thaw out once Mm -hmm. you get in the building, Tone.
1: So what I've been seeing is like... That's tough. And it's making me really uncomfortable is people using this opportunity to dunk on women in sports coverage Mm -hmm. and it's been really, really bad Uh, and that's something I'm not okay with um when there could be many other circumstances and one of those reasons and you guys can give your thoughts after this I saw social media like these companies are shortening their teams and having other people to you know come through that don't normally cover sports and ask questions to these uh, coaches, players that they haven't covered before, haven't built a relationship for, and may not necessarily have the wherewithal or want to, to be honest, they were just sent on a job and now you, they this situation happens. Um, so it's just been very uncomfortable to see the response to it. Look, it's funny, it is funny, but outside of that, just the repeated dunking on just women in sports coverage, has made me extremely uncomfortable with the response to that, to that clip.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure Twitter too, is a great, uh, place where this is, this is, this clip is living.
0: Twitter um, is known for its forgiveness and grace. Usually. Yeah. Lord others.
2: Look, it, it's, unco- this, this is actually uncomfortable to even talk about because we've all asked stupid questions. I have definitely asked stupid questions before and Jason. And by, Pro- st-
0: by stupid. No, by stupid. You mean a question that is like that, that is not aware of or forgetting a key piece of information. Yes, I have done that.
2: Yes, it, it's definitely it's definitely happened. I don't know if that's but to Tony's point, like, and I don't know who this reporter is, I haven't looked yeah, it up. I not
1: I, I didn't want to look it up, yeah. I didn't want to be that guy, but like ah, you're the person that, acts that dumb. I did not want to do that.
2: But the second I heard this for the first time, and I may I might be right about this, I might be wrong. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't looked this up, but I assume this was like a TV news reporter that got put in a situation where she had to cover this game or, you know, and she's not used to to covering it. She's probably never been in Detroit or, I mean, obviously didn't watch the Lions game on Saturday night, mm-hmm. um, you know, or would not have known that that was obviously an indoor stadium. So that's tough.
0: She might know her normal job might be covering St. Petersburg City Hall or something. I mean, why right. would someone who does that for a career need to know that the Lions play in an indoor or outdoor stadium? It, it's a it's a mistake that can happen. I'm always impressed by coaches, and Matt if the Bears would do this, when they get asked a question like that to to help help soften the blow of what this is gonna be. Because you can tell as soon as she starts that question what it's gonna be. Yeah. And it's very kind of a head coach in that situation to diffuse this as much as possible, to try to, you know, redirect and say, hey, it's an indoor stadium and here's an answer that will help you with that or something like that. I don't think Todd really helped much. No, I don't think he did either. <laughs> um, the way he answered that, he,
2: he recovered a little bit. You could tell at the beginning, he was like, um, it's an indoor game. And then he sort of softened the blow at the end.
1: Yeah, I think ah, it's it's tough. I uh, I don't know what I would have done if I was him. I'd have been like, uh, you know, I don't know what I've done honestly. Like, it, because any response to that in the correct way and like it's it's public, man. It's just out there. Like, the nation is gonna know about this, and it did. I don't even know how you handle it.
2: It sucks. That's a playoff game too. Yeah. Like if this had happened like week Regular, two, yeah, no you no know, part. in Tampa. Of course, she probably wouldn't have been there. Fifteen other games going on. Yeah, nobody would care. But now that the nation's watching, it's like it's too bad. It would have been a very relevant question if the game was outside. (laughs) Yes, if yes, you're right. Yes, it would have been a great question. That's a great point. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Have
0: you guys heard of the Royal Caribbean Ultimate World Cruise? This has been all over the TikTok. This has been a social media and news coverage event for the past month. Are you aware of it? No. No. Okay. Let me run through it for you. It's a nine-month cruise. What? Seven continents, all seven continents. It's 274 days, 60 countries, 150 stops. uh, And it is going to be – it is continuing to be basically – Streamed to millions of people through social media, through TikTok and everything like that. There's about 1,100 guests believed to be on this ship, and the cruise itself was pitched uh, to be like making up for lost time travel-wise because of not getting to go anywhere during 2020 and 21. Um, I can't imagine ever wanting to do this. I don't really. I don't want to go to a, on a cruise anyway. Like I don't really want to go on a week-long cruise. The idea of a cruise doesn't appeal to me. Maybe you guys have done that uh, and like that idea better than me. But I certainly this would be like just being erased from your own life for nine months. You'd miss everything. You, all your relationships would like be on pause for nine months. I would not want to do this.
2: Yeah, I've never been on a cruise. I'm open to the idea of it, but. Anytime we go to like book a family vacation or something like I don't know it, it doesn't even like really occur to me to like go. Do I've never that. thought of it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how much they cost. I've never even looked into it. So, and I'm with you. Like, there's just the closest thing I could think. Have you heard of free range retirement? No, what is that? So, so we have some family friends that did this. They is it where you have an RV? Kind of. Although they even just did it in a car, which is wild to me. I would have gotten an RV or something. But yeah, you basically okay, we're retired and you sell your house and you know, you're assuming your mortgage is paid off and stuff. Now you take some of that cash and you you essentially just sort of go places and travel and spend a week here, maybe two weeks here, maybe a month here. And it's cool, but the thing that's different with that compared to what you're talking about here with this nine-month cruise is you can, like, go visit family along the way. Like, we can go to see our relatives in California or something. Like, you're on this boat. You're just, like you said, you're just, like, kind of cut off from life altogether.
1: Yeah, it
0: sounds more like being stranded somewhere.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm like a privileged stranded.
0: Yes, tone. Yes. Yes. It's better than nine months in jail. You got me there. Yes. Correct. But it is, but you are confined. I mean, you're there with who's there and you don't have all your normal social circle there. And every friend, you're going to probably make friends, but then that's going to be it. These are all just temporary friends for nine months. Is this going to be a reality show? Or is this like a legit... No, this is a real thing. So this is another part of it that I found interesting is I did look up the price for this and it lists a range. This is already gone. So you can't, you know, really get into all the details now of what package, like what amount of money gets you, which package, but they had originally listed the price range as $54,000 to $118,000 per person per person. Yes. I mean, it's for nine months. But I was thinking first off, that's I mean, like how many people can afford fifty what is it, fifty four thousand? Yeah. That's but, that's a whole that's a salary, a year's salary no, for somebody. But, but no, everything included? Yeah, I'm sure it is.
2: I mean, think but, about how much money you spend a year just living. I
0: mean Yeah, but think think about this, Hogue. I was thinking, okay, fifty-four thousand dollars, and I'm not having to pay all my other monthly expenses. Could I do it? Uh, for, first off, you know, I got you know, multiple people would have to be going on this from our house, but it, the, I'm nervous about the fifty-four thousand dollar option on a nine month cruise. Oh yeah. If I know, if I know there is one that costs more than double that, mm-hmm. like, like I think you're going to get there and regret having gone cheap on this when you find out. The food and beverage is totally different if you bought the fifty four thousand dollar package like you're going to there's going to be an area of the dining hall where people are eating lobster and stuff. And then they're going to be like, no, no, no. You got what's your wristband color? Red. You got Lunchables. Here you go.
2: Right. (laughs) Or like I always pictured in the movie Titanic, like the people that were on the, the bottom level, they got stuck down there with the gate when the boat's flooding yeah because okay. yeah, at the top I,
0: to too, right?
2: Yeah, you know yeah. you get a nice view in a balcony like, or something And the, one, the
0: $117,000 one comes with a life raft
2: A nine nine months <laughs> on a boat where you get a little window like this size that you can peek out of that's barely above the surface of the water I don't know about that
1: do they, do they, do they have doctors because theoretically the first day somebody could be impregnated and theoretically could have the baby on the boat mm. <laughs> You could have an entire pregnancy on the cruise. You're Maybe right. that's
2: why it's nine months.
0: <laughs> I'm guessing that they think of everything, but I, I don't even know how I would prepare for this. If you told me I could go on this thing and it wouldn't affect anything in my life financially or work-wise or whatever, and I just come back at the end of nine months, even if I can go with my family, like I don't think I want to do it. I don't think I want to be in that confined space and just live in one room basically. I mean, I know you can go out and about. Although, if I got the $54,000 package, I'm sure there's cool areas of the boat I'm not allowed to go into. Um, but I don't even know how I'd pack for that. How many people like, I, did you say were on this boat? There is one um there's one TikTok user who said that there they were there was uh 1093 guests. And by the way, that is out of uh, a max capacity of close to twenty five hundred. So they less than halfway filled this thing up.
2: That's why I was going to say, like, I I'm surprised there's that many people that actually wanted wanted to do that. Uh,
0: another I was looking into a lot of this today and another uh, passenger had said on on a TikTok video that it's mostly retirees. So it's not a lot of young people on this boat.
1: Somebody's getting pregnant.
2: These old retirees are getting pregnant
1: Somebody's getting somebody pregnant Definitely
2: I'm
0: not sure I could even Live in a hotel for that long And have At a hotel you can always just go for a walk You can go wherever you want from there I don't think even a nice hotel I don't think I could live there For nine months
1: When you get to various destinations Will you be able to get off the boat Yeah Yeah you get out and see stuff but
0: you're not going to you're not gonna, they're not gonna dock the, the boat in Rome and then you're gonna hang out for a week. You just, get, I think you still sleep on the boat every night.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that couldn't be me. Mm-mm.
2: That's one of the reasons why I don't think I've ever been on a cruise is like, I don't wanna be rushed. Yeah. Like, you dock in one place, and you're like, I don't know what they do. You got five hours to go, you know, do whatever you do on this island and then you gotta be back. And like, the whole time I'd be worried, like, I can't miss the boat. <laughs> I don't think they
0: leave you, Hogue. I don't think they can do that.
2: How can you enjoy every stop where you worried about, I can't miss the boat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but going stuck here,
2: the boat's going to leave without me.
1: I mean, cruise ships,
0: it's a big industry, but I, I have never wanted to do it. I, I'm all for going to a place. I'm all for, we go to the Bahamas for a week, but I don't want to go on a cruise that stops by the Bahamas and stops by 149 other places in this case.
2: I think I was out on cruises when. Remember when the pandemic started, and there was that one boat that was like parked outside San Francisco for like a month, yes. and everybody was just like had COVID, and people were dying. I'm like, this sounds like how this has to be the worst nightmare.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like a like a zombie movie, right? With, with COVID,
2: how's that not been turned into a movie yet?
1: True. Maybe it wasn't yeah. as bad as we imagine it to be, but still. Yeah. It still sounds terrible. Like ah, get away from me! Ah, get away from me! Like there's no place on the boat to avoid COVID. Like, that's got to be scary. This is an untapped
0: market, Tone. This is something you could do, man.
1: Uh, I would write. To a... up... I need to update Andy, though. Like, COVID needs to be some type of flesh-eating mind. Yeah,
0: this is a, yeah. It's an idea here that you could do is you could write a screenplay about people on a cruise ship, mm-hmm. and then there's an outbreak. Yeah, people are getting pregnant. That too. An outbreak of pregnancies. Yes. <laughs> All right, Tone. Mm-hmm. Finally, man, you've been asking to do this segment for like two months. Take it away.
1: Yes. So, um, I've been on leave for uh, since October. I can't do the math right, but since October, and it's been cool you know, in terms of like, I mean, I, I love having a baby. You're on paternity leave. Yes. paternity. Yeah. You didn't just like ghost your work for three months. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, but all the other stuff, right? Like the other stuff that you now can do that you didn't really have time to do like sit down and just watch what's on television. So upon one of those days of just sitting, watch television with my wife, um, Raymond, Everybody Loves Raymond, has become a show that I've grown very fond of during this time period. It's a This is hilarious show. to me, by the way, that he's gotten into this because he mentioned this to me before.
2: This, like, it's a great show, man. I'm I'm into this. I'm with it's, it's you.
0: It's okay, but what, but what are the odds of Tony getting hooked on that
2: show in 2024? Yeah. <laughs> very low.
0: It's yeah, been it's... a long
2: time since that show was popular. Yeah, I wrote a paper about, I, I don't know why, I wrote a paper in high school about that show. <laughs> it's a great show. But that shows you how long
1: he was a sports writer now you're a sports writer like Uh you know it makes sense. so that was a piece of it you know he's in sports and like stuff like that but obviously it's not just about his job but it's a big portion of the of the show uh so i've grown very fond of this show and in one of the episodes uh he and his wife deborah are friends with this other couple but the their the other couple's kid is awful like just straight up, just a terrible human being. Um, like Judas is like, it's probably better if you weren't, you know, as you are, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's very, <laughs> uh, he was just terrible. To yeah. And it's like, I don't want this kid influencing my kid. So mm-hmm. that's when the thought of, and therein lies Raymond's conundrum, can we still be friends with this couple when I know their kid is awful currently and probably going to be awful as he ages. And Mm -hmm. now that I have a daughter, this was a serious conversation. Now between me and my wife is okay. If we're cool with the parents, but their kid is awful. Doesn't that make you question the parents? like when they're when you're not around with them yeah they're cool now but if they're raising this you know whatever this is this potential you know criminal like Jeez. <laughs> i'm just saying like can you continue to be friends with that person especially like at times your kid is alone with this other kid huh.
2: yeah the, the it's an interesting question i gotta be careful with this um <laughs> because <laughs> as your kid grows up you're going to encounter this is a real thing this is a real thing it's 100 what's your kid's
0: thing. situation adam what's your kid's situation
2: nine and a two-year-old nine nine-year-old, nine-year-old
0: boy yeah. and a two-year-old girl right yeah yeah okay
2: um and we definitely have some friends that when they bring their kids over the house looks like a tornado came through it when it's all said and done i mean we'll literally find i swear there was one time where this this one kid purposely hid like half eaten food in the corners of closets. (laughs) Oh, like we were finding it weeks later. You're finding it before the mice do hopefully. Right. That was a real thing. And then a different group of friends, their kids will be here for a whole day. And like, I'll be done cleaning up in five minutes. And I'm like, how is that possible? They're all the same age. Some kids even
0: ask if they can help clean up.
2: Yes. And I think it's human nature to gravitate towards (laughs) the people whose kids don't cause you more anxiety and, uh, you know, waste more of your time cleaning things up. I think it's a very natural thing. And I don't think you feel bad about it either, quite frankly.
0: (laughs) Now, there's an element of this that Tony is very naive on because his kid is a newborn. What's right. Anaya, like four months, three months? Three months, well, okay. almost three months, yeah. Yeah, you're not See, having like
2: sleepovers yet with th- three
0: months old. Also, babies. also, in addition to that, you, you know almost nothing about parenting at this point. Mm-hmm. Respectfully, you don't know.
1: I mean, and I lot. You, lie, you,
0: you so. and You and Russ have been on this thing, because Russ doesn't have kids, and you and Russ have been on this thing the entire time I've known you guys of control your kids, control your kids. <laughs> Like, that doesn't work. I remember I talked yeah. to you maybe two weeks after your daughter was born or one week after your daughter born daughter was born. And you're like, you're, you're, the essence of the phone call was like, yeah, she's just not doing all the things I expected her to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's not like, listening li- to me. Literally all the problems, Hogue, because my kids are 12 and 10. And literally all the problems he mentioned, all the frustrations he mentioned. I'm like, yeah, I have all those frustrations right now, just in a different way yeah. uh, at 10 and 12. Yeah. I can't control them right now, but you have, but I, what I'm looking for, for from the parents is some awareness of that. Like, yes. I don't expect people to control their kids. I used mm-hmm. to, I used, I used to be very naive, kind of like, kind of like you, Tone. I used to think mm-hmm. kind of like you. And I used to think like my kids are going to behave at the airport today. My kids are not going to be a problem. I Cause you can, you can make them behave now there's some downside to that. I don't think that should be the only thing you worry about is does my kid behave well? There's a lot of other things that you need to put into play here. But I've kind of softened on that and been like, okay, there's times where I need to be tougher on my kids and lighter on my kids and like just yesterday we I had my daughters at a Starbucks and even at 10 and 12 they kind of at one point got a little hyped up and we were like dancing around or and they were first they were dancing in the Starbucks and then they were playing some kind of game where one of them wouldn't let the other one buy And it was getting a little wild, but there was nobody else in the Starbucks. So me, 10 years ago, would have shut that down immediately and been like, Mm -hmm. you're going to behave in public. Me yesterday was like, this isn't affecting anybody. Not a big deal. Like, Let them have their fun. This is not action. No one's getting hurt. Nothing's getting broken. There's not even another person in here trying to work or be on a phone call. This is not a big deal. So you learn when to give them room to do stuff like that and when not to. But what I want from the other parents is... When I text you, hey, your two kids are over here uh playing in our yard and they're they're literally choking each other. You, you know, I'm expecting you to come deal with that. <laughs> Instead of I, I still haven't got a reply to that text. That was like two years ago.
2: Oh man. No, that's the truth. And Tony, you will come you will come across the parents that because like like Jason's saying, all kids are gonna be crazy at some point. You can't control them, man. Right. So you're going to have the parents who are aware of that. And, you know, like, for instance, my wife and I, we see eye to eye on this exact conversation. Like when we take our kids anywhere, we are like, put that back. You know, like if you move something, like put it back, like have respect for the place that you're in. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if something breaks, like stuff, stuff's going to break. Like, but so you, you know sorry about that we'll replace it you know you know exactly. show some level of like remorse over it I guess you'll have other parents because because we've seen this that view coming to your house as a break from their yes <laughs> Yes, and it's like they're your problem now, and it's like, what are you talking about? Like, we invited you over. Yes, yeah. is- it's almost no. like they walk in the door and let them off the leash. Yes, like, oh. it- like it's and at a dog park, just go nuts, go ahead, right? Woo. And it's like, we don't have to, it's been and like, a hard day, and, and that is wild to me. Like, but it happens, I, and you're gonna see it, Sony. It happened, everybody listening to this right now knows what I'm talking about, and I just like that is so foreign to me i do not understand it i will not understand it and it drives me crazy so in situations like that absolutely i think it affects your friendship with those people
1: i uh, in the friendship right there i don't
0: like it <laughs> i'm almost did, never did, mad did at a kid, kid for being a kid though i'm never I'm right. almost, even even wild kids that's another thing you have to understand is some kids are a little more energetic and wild doesn't equal bad necessarily right but but the parents need to be dialed into that. And what I don't like is them where, 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 where it becomes a problem. The problem is really more with the other adults than with the kids. The problem mm-hmm. is the kid is doing something, and you're looking at the parent like you you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna handle this. And they're just they're either not even aware of it, or they're just kind of like, oh, he's fine. He'll he'll stop eventually.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I've that had have like I've had to tell a kid like, hey, we don't do that here, and they look at me like. Uh, (laughs) i've never been told that in my life what are you talking about (laughs) i've had that happen i had i had a neighbor
0: kid break down in tears and a a little probably eight-year-old girl at the time and i didn't even think i said anything they had had a big conflict and i was like hey let's stop here and let's deal with this so we don't have any more fighting can you just you know admit whatever you did to her and just say sorry and she just like apparently they don't do that in her house because she just her whole face just melted
2: <laughs> it's a wild world out there right now uh, so like
1: I, I guess that's my because that's what ended up kind of like being a part of the episode is the parents are like oh that's just you know the way he is and you know we try to You know let him formulate his own identity or you know whatever that they were saying just just kind of just saying like you know we're gonna let our kid be who he wants to be and that's when i would that will signal to me we no longer need to be friends that's free-range parenting oh you're talking about free-range retirement this is free-range parenting organic
2: yep here you go here's my kids enjoy i'm gonna go get a drink but when, no. when
0: your kid's over and they ask for like a cup of milk and then they immediately spill that all over the rug and then you just sit there. It's like, come on, man, you got to do it. My problem is almost never with kids being kids. It's with the parents, not, you know, you handle whatever your kid does. Don't leave that for me to
1: deal with. Right. That's unhealthy. Yes. They don't want they, they should hear it from you. So the question, can you still be friends with 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 that parent, with those parents?
2: I think I think you can, but naturally, whether you like it or not, you are going to end up not being as close to those parents as you are the ones that come over and, you know, do all the respectful stuff. That's my view on it.
0: I think he's right, Tony. I think you have to be flexible. Like, what, like part of what annoys me about kids making messes and the parents not cleaning it up and the parents not caring about how wild and violent their kid might be acting or whatever, some of that they need to deal with. And some of that is I need to loosen up a little bit and mm-hmm. be a little more tolerant and have a good sense of what is actually a problem and what is just – kind of elevating my stress level at the moment, but really isn't that big of a deal. But I think if you if you, if you you reduce your field of friends down to only the people that are perfect parents, I'm not sure how many friends you have left. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I probably thought like you did when I was at your stage of parenting, and I thankfully have loosened up quite a bit over the last 12 years.
2: Yeah. Good. You're not going to have kids come in your house and just be like perfect angels. But I just want you to care a little bit if they're not. That's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> all right, Ho, let's do the news. All right. This is what we this is some important news we didn't get to on today's show. Nate Oates, the Alabama basketball coach, did you see him push a Missouri player on Tuesday? Oh, I missed this. Oh, tone! Did you see this? Are you defending this since it's Alabama and you love Alabama? I do not see this actually. I need. To- All right, in the Alabama, I, I'm not a big fan of uh, of Nate Oates to begin with. Wasn't though.
2: this the guy that like def- defended the murder thing or whatever?
0: Uh, l- legally, I don't think we can put it that way, but okay. I think you, I think you know who I mean. <laughs> in the uh, in the Alabama Missouri game on Tuesday, he stepped between an argument. He stepped in into an argument between his player. Uh, Aaron Estrada and Mizzou's Aiden Shaw, and he pushed Missouri's Aiden Shaw clearly and deliberately. He he kind of he kind of pointed and then turned his point into a push to kind of push him away in the chest. Um, he has apologized for this, Nate Oates has, but there was no fine or suspension from the SEC, and I think his own school should have suspended him for this, and I think they should be... Very concerned because if he'll do this to a player that he doesn't know on another team during a game, I want to know what's going on in
2: practice. That's fair. That's fair. Jawan Howard got suspended when he gave uh, Joe Krabinoff, the uh, Wisconsin assistant, just like kind of a light deal a couple
0: years ago. I really don't like... That's at least two coaches. I really don't like one dynamic of this where it's like the the Missouri player, Aiden Shaw, what, can, what, is, what is he allowed to do back here? Right. Because if this coach puts his finger like this and then pushes him, I mean, if I did that in the real world, or even if I did that in a in a basketball game or something, I would expect there to be something coming back my way.
2: But he can't do that. No, which is probably why he did it in the first he place. can't swing at this guy. Yeah. No, there should have been a suspension there.
0: Hogue, do you remember uh, or are you familiar with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, longtime oh, yeah. Bear, Bears antagonist now with the Detroit Lions? Yeah, he talks a lot. So we, we were talking about the Lions-Bucks playoff game coming up earlier. And C.J. Gardner-Johnson says he is impressed by the Bucks. Quote, if you give that Tampa group of receivers a good quarterback, that's a great group.
2: Is he insinuating they don't have one now?
0: Oh, he's not he's doing more than insinuating. Mm. Yes. Uh well they CJ Gardner <laughs> right. Yes, he was 46. <laughs> uh, the fact that they've continued to make the playoffs is really impressive. I always think how impressive Pittsburgh's situation is, but Tampa too. I mean, I know they're not great, but that they keep finding a way to make it work. I love the I love the refusal to tank. I love that they will not outright tank. I think if you're a fan, that's, I know there's strategy in that. I know that makes sense in a lot of ways, but if you're a fan, it's much more enjoyable to watch. I wanted to ask you about the two quarterbacks in this game. This is a football question. Okay. For you. you, I would not have thought this before the season, but now I wonder, and I'd like to hear your opinion. You got Baker Mayfield on the box, having one of the best seasons of his career. He's 28. You got Jared Goff on the lions having one of the best seasons of his career and the last three seasons have been pretty good for him. Uh, He's 29. I would not have thought either of these teams had their quarterback, but do you think they do have their quarterback, the bucks or the lions?
2: Yeah, I, I think, I think they do, but that's a different quarter. That's a different question of, do I think they can have sustained success and win a super bowl? with these quarterbacks if that makes sense yeah you know i but like when Jared goff went to the lions i thought
0: he's gonna be there for a year and they're gonna cut him and they're gonna they're gonna bottom out they'll draft a quarterback and some he won't be there in 2021
2: but see i think that that's a yeah that's a symptom of i think all of us sort of giving up on guys too soon even when their teams do like people forget baker mayfield was Pretty good in year three of his career with the Browns. I remember when we went to Cleveland for Justin Fields' first ever start, and I like still think of that. Like we knew that was gonna be a tough game. Like they had a good team. Baker Mayfield was a pretty tough quarterback. Like that wasn't like a pushover because oh they don't have a good quarterback. It's just they, the Browns didn't think he was good enough. They didn't want to pay him, and and then that's well they did pay him, didn't they? But they they felt like Deshaun Watson was a better option. And then maybe that was partly due to what they saw the Rams do, which was they paid Jared Goff and they're like, ah, we need different. And then it worked out and they and you know and they got their Super Bowl. But the reality was Jared Goff was already in a Super Bowl with the Rams too. So these I don't know if either of these guys are great, but their floor is still relatively high as starters in the league.
0: It keeps them competitive enough to where they don't have a draft pick that yeah. they could use to replace those guys. So I don't know if you'd rather be that or rather be, you know, the commanders of the Patriots that plunged down to the bottom and now gets a chance to really restart with someone who could be there for 10
2: years. It would take you. It's sort of where the chiefs were with Alex Smith and it would take, Yeah. it would take an incredibly shrewd group of scouts and some luck to facilitate a very bold trade up to a situation where somebody as good as Patrick Mahomes even fell as far as he did to number 10. Like that's a once in a lifetime sort of alignment of the stars to have that all work out. So I agree with you. It's not, it's not the best position to be in, which is why I still have doubts about whether or not the Lions, this group of Lions will actually ever win a Super Bowl. But it's still working for both franchises right now. I mean, the Bucks. I thought the Bucks were going to be terrible this year. I really did, and I that did was probably too. myself. And not, not great, Baker. But
0: yeah. They were okay. I
2: mean, well, the Bears played in week two, and I thought that was. I didn't think the Bucks were that good, and then I mean, part of that was that game. They proved that they were, but good for them.
0: Uh, the actor Jason Priestley revealed quite a bit about living with Brad Pitt when they were struggling to make it in L.A. as young, aspiring Hollywood stars, he said that they and their third roommate, who he didn't name, uh, not a guy that made it big, I think, from his other comments, uh, they used to play a game of who could go the longest without showering, which uh, sounds like a game that nobody wins. Usually a game is supposed to be fun, and you win. Uh, But Jason Priestley said that that Brad Pitt always won. He could go the longest without showering.
2: Well that's probably cuz Brad Pitt doesn't need to shower.
0: I feel like uh like struggling to make it Brad Pitt would have needed a shower, but I wa- I wonder what he means by cuz he didn't he didn't elaborate a lot on this, but I wonder what he means by could go the longest without a shower. Like could stand his own smell or could be kind of serviceable out in the world, like people wouldn't notice or
2: just could tolerate not being clean. Right, it might be like well, I don't know. You might have an audition that comes up. Yeah. I feel like that would be something you'd probably want to shower. You'd for. like to show up clean for that. Yeah. What, so do you think like, is the, yeah. what do you think is the longest you could go without showering? Uh, it's two days. Always. I don't know that I've ever gone more there. I can't stand going. I shower every day. And if I don't, I feel gross by the middle of the, that day that I haven't showered. And so it's very rare for me to get to even the following morning. I've never, I I don't think I've ever gone beyond that. I don't think I have either.
0: I don't know how long I could go because I've never tested it out. I think if you are generally kind of good smelling and you're not like a big sweater, you could Pro. I would assume that not everyone needs to shower every single day. But I prefer to. So I've never really challenged it. I probably I probably have occasionally gone a day without a shower. So that would be two days, I guess. But that's about as long as I could stand it.
2: To me, it's not even about the smell. I don't I don't feel awake. When I'm something about like not showering, I eat like I swear it like brings me down and I feel like I just never woke up that morning, that I'm still just sort of meandering my way through the morning, yes. even yeah. if it's five o'clock at night by that point. Yeah,
0: I'm not ready for being out in the world yet. Yeah. But finally, Hogue, uh, I want to ask you: What is the worst thing that your dog has ever destroyed? You have one dog or multiple dogs? I actually
2: have zero dogs now.
0: You but had a dog before.
2: I did have a dog. Yeah, she passed away. Actually, it's been a few years now. Uh, oh. That was that was during COVID too. Oh, uh this okay. is coming back to COVID. It's okay though. I still have an answer for this question. Okay. Um, she okay we were lucky in that she didn't chew on a lot of things so it's not like she you know mm-hmm. ruined much in fact I can't think of anything that she just totally ruined what she used to eat though that still causes me to like cringe and it's just gross if she ate too fast she would throw it up mm-hmm and then she would eat it again. And every time that happened, I would actually get sick. I, I, I thought it was the grossest thing. I couldn't handle it.
0: Oh, That is a nasty sound to wake up to. Oh, I think everyone that's op- that's owned a dog has woken up to that in the middle of the night. That heaving and then you know, oh, okay, I know what's coming next.
2: Oh, and it's I, know I'm,
0: I know I'm about to be getting up and turning all the lights on and cleaning this up. Oh, It's the worst.
2: Well, that's the only plus to it, is that by eating it again, it's it's less to clean up. It
0: cleans it up. Yeah, there you yeah. go.
2: It's helpful. Oh, it's so good. Uh,
0: one of my daughters is very, my younger daughter is very into stuffed animals and has so many of them, but there is one that is the most special.
2: Oh, no. And
0: our dog, a couple of years ago, chewed the side of its face off before my wife was able to oh, no. stop and intervene. And enough of it was still put together <laughs> that uh, I I went to great lengths on the Internet to try to find someone that could fix this because you can't just buy a new one. Right. No, you this, can't. This, this fox stuffed animal had had been uh, my daughter probably had it for seven years at that point or something like that and had taken it everywhere she'd ever gone and, you know, grew up like chewing on its tail and everything so I found a stuffed animal slash doll hospital in Dallas. And there's a woman that would repair this that could like put the stuffing. She said you had to buy a donor. So you had to buy a new version of this animal so she could use parts of the, oh, the yeah. fabric and the, stuffing the transplant. And everything.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, it cost me $50 to have this thing shipped 50. down to Dallas and fixed and sent back.
2: It's probably like three times whatever the fox cost in the first
0: place. Uh, five times what it cost in that's the first crazy. place. But that is nothing compared to what happened to Clayton and Carrie Law, a couple in Pennsylvania. Their dog Cecil or Cecil, either one, not a good dog name in my opinion.
2: Cecil Fielder. Yeah, that's not a good
0: dog name. No. Uh, their dog destroyed four thousand dollars, and when I say four thousand dollars, I'm talking cash. Actual bills, $4,000 cash. Clayton, no, and this is from. Four N- grand. Nothing crazy. Lot- That's what I thought it first. Lottery I like,
2: yeah,
0: I was like, wait a minute. But there's an explanation for this, supposedly. This is from NBC News. Uh, Clayton and Carrie Law had taken out a loan for home improvements and left the cash in an envelope on the counter. So they got home from the mm-hmm. bank. They had this envelope with $4,000 cash, set it on the counter and kind of just went about their day doing uh, things around the house, cleaning up, whatever you do on a normal Saturday or whatever. And they come back in the kitchen and the dog is sitting there over a pile of shredded money, like bits and pieces of bills. And they suddenly piece together, oh no, Cecil ate our envelope full of $4,000. And, of course, they say, like every dog owner says when their dog does something bad, oh, he's never done anything like that before. Until he does.
2: So like eating money.
0: Yeah. You could guess what they had to do next because $4,000 is a lot of money.
2: In that case, that was probably true, though. I mean, I hope they didn't previously have four grand sitting around. It's probably accurate that the dog had never chewed $4,000. They said
0: the dog doesn't chew stuff up except for... This one time, which, Mm -hmm. so you're telling me this is the only time the dog ever did it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the dog's chewed up something, but either way, they got to get this $4,000 back. And there's only one way at this point. So what they need is every one of these bills. If they are able to get at least 50% of it intact, they can take it to the bank and their bank will replace it for them. Mm. But- they can, their options are basically, they can start with the shreds that are still there on the floor in front of the dog, but everything else is in the dog. So oh no. that's, you're only, you're getting that one of two ways. And it sounds like they got it both of two ways. Actually, uh, they woke up in the night that night to vomiting sounds and they, they knew what that meant because that unlike where, you know, what we were talking about, when you wake mm-hmm. up to your dog vomiting and you're like, oh, I got to clean this up. Now I got to deal with a bunch of things. They were kind of waiting for it. They were like, Okay. This is our chance. Yeah, they're happy. This is our this is our filthy disgusting chance to get this money back. So they jump up and it's uh, you know the dog is throwing up a lot of half-eaten 50 and 100 dollar bills according to Clayton law and uh it did this for 3 days. They went 3 days of sifting through their dog's waste uh front and back to find as many of these pieces of 50 and 100 dollar bills as they could and I guess to their credit, they recovered $3,550 of the money.
2: It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. In the end, yeah, not that bad. Here's the lesson here, though, has to be. I mean, I've never, I don't Don't think I've ever. Well, no. Oh, sorry. But if you're going to go get $4,000 worth of cash, don't leave it on your counter.
0: Well, you might be right, because as much as that sounds like a fluke, they said their bank told them this happens a lot.
2: Where the dog, because I'm not even thinking about a dog. I'm just like, because I remember a couple of years ago, I figured what it was, but I I had a decent amount of cash I had to go get to pay for something home improvement in our house. Mm -hmm. The second I got that money, I put it in a safe spot in the house. I didn't leave it up. And that wasn't even worried about a dog or anything eating. Yep. And I just wanted to put that much money in a safe spot where I knew where it was.
0: Yeah. I think if I even had $500, I would do something crazy like handcuff it to myself so I didn't <laughs> lose it or something like that. Yeah. I, I hear you on that. The bank says that they've actually – the this is the story that Clayton and Carrie Law told – that the bank said to them that they've had this happen before because – their theory is that if, the, if these bills are handled in the food industry, in restaurants, then they pick up a food smell and that that attracts the dog. Oh. I was wondering if these this money was used for drugs and maybe the dog smelled cocaine or something in it. Something's fishy there. The irony of all of this to me is that the project that they took the money out for was to build a fence, which I assume is because of the dog.
2: Ah. Uh. Dogs make us do crazy things, man. They do. I'm not really a dog person.
0: I I do have a dog,
2: but I'm not a dog person really. My wife and I talk about this. I don't. We might not have ever moved out of the city, if not for our dog. Hmm. Like we we bake, and we don't know that for sure. But when we went to you know buy our first house, we were like, well, we need more space. We need this like we can't live in a high rise because we have a dog and that's obnoxious so we like eliminated all of those options and it's like well if you're not going to live in a high rise in Chicago you basically have to live in the suburbs because houses the cost of houses in in the city are ridiculous so you know with some exceptions so we ended up in the suburbs and then we had to have a house that had a fence which now we don't need because we don't have a dog Mm -hmm. and then it's like well yeah probably didn't need to spend that much money on that because then we replaced that fence when it blew down in a February storm. Yeah. So then that was another $5,000. It's like, I'm, don't tally up what the dog ends up costing you at the end because it's an insane amount of money.
0: They end up running your life.
2: Yeah. But
0: they're That's awesome. the news. Uh, sports. Jason is brought to you by BetMGM. You can go to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app and get this offer: your first bet with them gets paid back and free future betting credits up to fifteen hundred dollars. If you don't win, just use promo code ADJACENT ONE THOUSAND. BetMGM, the king of sports books. Tony Gill is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to our link sheetsgiggles.com/sa and take advantage of their twenty-four percent off for twenty twenty-four sale. It's twenty-four percent off everything there, including the pillow, including the sheet set, including the flannel sheets, everything. Go check them out. Upgrade your bed. That is where you are going to end up spending so much time. Your sleep has such an effect on you every day. Like, why would you go cheap? Why would you go low quality on that? Go to sheetsgiggles.com. You can get good stuff and get a good discount with 24% off. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash S A. Adam Hogue from CHGO from the Hogan Johns podcast great to have you here for the first time, man. You were uh you were phenomenal as expected.
2: Thank you, Jason. This was fun. I Hope it was I'm, good for you. Oh no, yeah, I was excited when you guys asked me to come in and it's it's uh really refreshing to not talk about the Bears quarterback situation on a we, podcast.
0: We hey, I forgot about that. We don't really do a lot of sports on sports
2: No, I'm happy football. about. It. I'm legitimately yeah. I I mean that. That's it's been very nice to do a long Podcast and not have to talk about a quarterback. During I this bet. Period.
0: Yeah. I, and I bet you don't like to come home from work and talk about work. Well, thank you for coming
1: on, man. You were great. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms.
0: I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was
2: hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James, you adjacent to the mother